Representative Eric Swalwell is now saying GOP congressmen are acting on behalf of gunmen in schools. He posted this on Twitter saying that we are voting to protect kids from the next school shooting. Every GOP member is opposed. And so I asked my GOP colleagues, who are you here for? Our kids or the killers? Of course, you know, Representative Eric Swalwell from when he got caught in that honeypot Chinese spy ring where he made bang bang with Fang Fang, this woman that you see here. This is Axios reporting saying that a suspected Chinese spy targeted California politicians. And here is Eric Swalwell, stinky Eric Swalwell, handing Miss Fang Fang a certificate for surviving their gaseous coitus sessions with ease. And he's very happy that he was able to complete that with her. Of course, she palled around with a bunch of other politicians there in California. You see all of these people. Apparently, she was a Chinese spy. So Eric Swalwell, of course, somebody in Congress who is very, very hysterical in most of his conversations. He's one of these people that always has to do something and somebody's got to do something somewhere or else everything's going to fall apart. Anytime there's a tragedy, we heard these people for every single major crisis over the last several years, whether it was COVID or whether it's Ukraine or whether it's whatever, they just come up with a bunch of hysterics. Here is what Mr. Swalwell sounds like when he is uh, doing that same routine in front of Congress. 19 kids are dead. 19 children are dead. And so to my Republican colleagues, I ask, who are you here for? Are you here for our kids or are you here for the killers? What? Because if you were here for the kids, you would do you would do all you could to protect the next school shooting that's about to happen. And we know what's going to happen in America. You would vote to raise the age on purchasing an assault rifle. You would vote to ban high capacity magazines. You would vote to require safe storage. And you would vote to address ghost guns, which are ravaging communities across America. But if you're here for the killers, you would do everything to make it easier for the next school shooting to happen. What? And Mr. Jordan, to say we are trying to dramatically change the country, dramatically change the country, if trying to make sure that no more kids are put in the ground with a Superman coffin means dramatically change the country, guilty. All right. That's well. why we're here. Kids are going in the ground today, and you call that trying to dramatically change the country. Why aren't you trying to dramatically change the number of dead kids going into the ground, Mr. Jordan? <laughs> Jim Jordan's not even listening to him and Matt Gage. Why don't you stop putting dead kids in coffins in the ground? And it's like, look, look, I understand getting hyperbolic in Congress, but this is why nothing gets done in Congress is because this is the starting premise. Somebody comes in and says, well, look, we got to solve this major gun crisis in America. Uh, here's how we're going to do it. First, I want to get some input from uh, the child killers, uh, Republicans, Mr. Gomer, Mr. Jordan, can you please tell us why? Just so I can understand, why are you trying to murder so many kids? And maybe if I can understand that, then we can really put together some concrete legislation that might sol solve some of these problems for us. And of course, that's essentially where this is. How can you have a reasonable conversation if that's the starting point? And we're going to see Louis Gohmert here is going to hammer him over this. And rightfully so, because it's not reasonable in any way, shape or form to sort of talk like this if you're trying to have a reasonable congressional legislative body that actually does things. Here is Mr. Gohmert. I don't think uh, that it's very effective for the children to have 
people on the other side of the aisle come in and accuse Republicans of being complicit in murder. Right. And that we put our right to kill over others' right to live to infer by rhetorical supposed questions, who are you here for? We must be here for the gunman is an outrage. It is outrageous. They think that. How dare you? You think we don't have hearts? It's just that when we look at the things that you're doing and you're trying to do to America, we've seen the carnage. I mean, for heaven's sake, let's, let's take example. Democrats control the major cities that have the worst murder rates. We're going to look at these numbers. That's right. Your ideas have been shown to get people killed. Are you here for the murders, the murderers in Chicago, in Philadelphia, in these other major cities? Because you're wanting to do nationally what is being done by Democrats in those big cities. We care about people. We care about their lives. And lives have been so trivialized. We care deeply. How dare you? How dare you? You arrogant people attributing murder to those of us that want to do things to stop it. Because we've seen what your ideas do. They create more murder. Now, he goes into a big litany of the statistics. And we'll get to the statistics. But he said specifically, you arrogant. Did you think something else was coming out after that? I certainly did. You arrogant piece. I thought he was going that way, but he didn't. He said, you arrogant people. Oh, come on. You knew where you were going with that. So he's obviously very upset about it, as he should be, because it is a ridiculous thing to say. And it's kind of the same argument that we've heard ad nauseum for many, many months and years now, that if you are not on board with the cause, if you're not a part of the COVID cabal that wants to reshape America, people like Eric Swabo, guilty as charged. I'm guilty. Yes. I want to reshape the whole country. Okay. Well, the rest of us don't, the rest of us don't want to sort of reconfigure the fundamental natural God-given rights that we enjoy that are enshrined and happen to be codified into law, fortunately through the constitution, not willing to just sort of bend with every single fleeting wave of catastrophe. And there are a lot of them and they are horrific, but there are fundamental principles that are unwavering or they should be if you want to have a functional society in other people's opinions. But people like Swalwell, they'll come and they'll accuse you. If you don't mask up, you're killing grandma. If you don't support massive inflation, you're hurting, I don't know, some, you know, some group somewhere that is going to be oppressed. If you don't want to contribute tens of billions, soon to be hundreds of billions, probably trillions eventually against this Russian incursion on behalf of the Ukrainian people. You are a Putin puppet. You're somebody who wants the end of America. And now it's just a new thing, right? If you don't support whatever draconian gun laws that people like Eric Swalwell and the DNC want to cram down all of our gullets, well, then you must be in favor of the killers. You must be in favor of murdering children. I mean, it's insane. It's obviously not even a serious argument. And, you know, somebody might take a look at Louis Gohmert and say, maybe he's, you know, this is feigned outrage or moral outrage. 
I'm not so sure about that. Right? We're watching him here and we're seeing the table shake. I mean, he's shaking the table. He's so stinking mad. And he, he should be mad because it's an offensive thing to say. And it's offensive at every one of those levels, whether it's the Ukrainian situation or whether it's COVID or whether it's guns, it's always this moral outrage that is being proffered by typically the left. They change their profile pictures on Twitter and they sort of form these little cabals and these clans in order to rally around the cause. And if you oppose them, now you're a moral inferior. You're somebody who is just sort of beneath, you're unsophisticated. You're one of the troglodytes. You don't believe in science. And now apparently, according to Swalwell, you also are acting on behalf of the killers. So very offensive. Louis Gohmert with a, just a home run there. And I sort of felt that one in my bones. Yes, he is right. It is outrageous. And they should be ashamed of themselves. And they are arrogant people. Here we have one final clip. Now, I wanted to play this one because this is going to be a nice segue into a quick analysis of some of the gun laws or some of the gun consequences of gun crimes. But here is the always infamous Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler, of course, as we know, waddles around Congress with about a 35 to 37 and a half pound diaper, depending on the day, depending on the holiday season, Thanksgiving, he balloons up to about 42 and a half pound diapers. I don't know if anybody has ever changed him or what the excrement removal policy is from Jerry, but I've been pleading with people of Congress to do something about this for like years now on this channel. Because Nadler, every time you just see him, he's just anchored down. He's just hunched over. He's carrying this massive diaper around. He's waddling around the House of Congress, and it just stinks in there. And somebody's got to do something about it. And so here he is now. For some reason, he keeps becoming the chairman of these committees. But he's going to be trying to uh, govern this ongoing debate. We've got Swalwell, who is now accusing Gomer of being a child killer. And then Gomert is saying, you're all outrageous. The gun crimes are happening in your cities, Democrats. And then we get a Democrat from Pennsylvania who's like, hold on a minute. The reason why the murder rates are so high in our cities are because of the Republicans. And so we just, around and around we go. But poor Jerry Nadler, I mean, he's trying to keep this, this lid on this entire congressional hearing. Here's what that sounds like. I, I do want to respond first to Mr. Gomer, and I'm sorry that he and many of his colleagues didn't think it was important enough to be here today. Uh, but I did want to respond to his allegation that Philadelphia's homicide well, rate is... Yields, no, I will so not. I, I will not I yield. Get there my, my I will not yield. Does not yield. The gentlelady does not yield. The time is hers. There's Jerry. The gentlelady does not yield. Look at him. He's dragged down. I wanted down. to respond to Mr. Gomert's allegation Diaper that full. Philadelphia's homicide rate is the fault of Democratic Loosen leadership in that city. Apparently, he doesn't understand that the Commonwealth's Republican legislature for decades has blocked city leadership from passing the types of common sense gun safety laws mm. we are considering today. So to the broader question, like most Americans, I am sickened and sick to death of the gun carnage we experience in this country every single day. I will all right, so she is talking about these statistics. So is Mr. Gomer. And so we actually pulled some of them up here. Let's take a look at what we've got going on. Make sure we have our red pen. I found this data online detailing how many murders occurred in 2020. We see we've got a list sorted by top to least. And at the top, these are just raw numbers. So these tell us the total number of murders that took place in 2020. And here we can see Chicago at the top of the list, 780 murders in that one year. 
followed by Philadelphia, New York, Houston, LA, Detroit, Baltimore, Memphis, St. Louis, Dallas, Indianapolis, and so on. So pretty big numbers there, right? Many of these are just uh, in the several hundred number range, but you see as we get to the bottom, here's Phoenix, 187, shout out to Phoenix, Arizona. And then we've got Fort Worth, Texas, sort of here at the bottom of the list, 110. The average number for all of the cities on this list is about 22. So you can see which are above the average and by how much the deviation there. We also know though, that these are big cities, right? These are really big cities. And so there's a second question that we have to ask ourselves, which is how does this normalize by population? So like a, a, a murder per capita basis, right? For every thousand people or every 100,000 people, how many murders are there? And that's going to give us the relative sort of weight of murders. This is a dense population with a lot of population, with a lot of murders. This is what that chart looks like. So when we sort now by 2020 murders per 100,000 people, we see that the list looks a little bit different. We've got St. Louis, Missouri. We've got Jackson, Mississippi, Gary, Indiana, Flint, Michigan. We've got New Orleans, Louisiana. Then we've got Detroit here. And so some of those cities, like if you see them on both places, like on Pittsburgh here is on both lists. We have Chicago is here on both lists. So they're near the top, meaning they have big populations and a lot of murders for those populations. Whereas maybe St. Louis or Jackson, Mississippi, for example, probably has a much smaller population, but a much higher concentration of murders, which gives you that higher percentage number for that sort of per capita number that you see there. So a lot of murders, a lot of gun violence, a lot of these things. But every time this happens, we know that the politicians in Washington drop everything, scream at each other for a few months. Oftentimes they come up with solutions that they think are going to work. And what we end up finding as the citizens is that they don't. It's a bunch of bureaucrats sitting around thinking they know better than the rest of us. Turns out they don't. As our country is seeing, because we're living the consequences of their decisions that they made to protect us from the last big tragedy. And they're going to do it again and again, and we're all going to be the worse off for it. So that, my friends, is it on this segment. I want to thank you for being here. I'd love it if you subscribed before you got out of here. I look forward to seeing you on the next one.